Well, a little more than usual today. Uh, not, not more than usual over the last few weeks, but at least more than yesterday. We'll try and get this done in, in less than 30 minutes. Uh, it's Wednesday. <clears throat> Wednesday, September 9th, 2020. I hope I got that date right. I think I got it right that time. Uh, Democratic lawmakers and uh, legal expert, experts uh, accused Attorney General William Barr. Oh, by the way, it's hump day. If you really care, and nobody really does because everybody works weekends, at least everybody that I know. So there is no hump day for us. I, I'm, I'm going to be working on Sunday. I, I'll probably take Saturday off, so maybe you can call Wednesday hump day, but wouldn't that mean that hump day was Tuesday night at midnight? But for me, working six days, you know? Anyway. <clears throat> uh, accused... Attorney General William Barr of unethically acting as President uh, Trump's uh, personal henchman. You know, just like uh, William Barr uh, is like uh, one of the uh, one of the meow men under Catwoman, except it's not Catwoman. It's Donald Trump. Uh, Gosh, I I wonder which uh, old Batman show uh, uh, supervillain he most resembles. King Tut? Maybe, except he doesn't have the beard. Huh. I'll have to think about that. Uh, Anyway, um, he's acting as uh, uh, Trump's henchman after the Justice Department uh, uh, yesterday moved to take over the president's defense team in a defamation case brought by a journalist and author E. Jean Carroll, uh, who accused Trump of raping her in the 90s. Uh, Of course, he denied. I, I... doubt that's true, his denial. Anyway, Justice Department lawyers said in, uh, in new court filings that the federal government's investigation, oh, I'm sorry, intervention in the case is justified because Trump was acting within the scope of his official capacity as president when he accused Carol of lying about the rape. That is sketchy. I mean, no, no. That's not under your official capacity. I I would argue at most he's act he'd be acting within his official capacity in the scope of campaigning, which has nothing to do with government. Uh, anyway, uh, I, I'm wondering doesn't huh doesn't this mean all documents for the case should be released to the public? If the government, I mean, we have a right to see what the government's doing with our tax dollars. I mean, that means every document to this case has to be released to the public. Am I not right about that? Huh. Anyway, as a uh, result of uh, the court decision last month, Carol's attorney Kaplan uh, noticed, uh, noted that Trump was soon going to be required Uh, to produce documents, provide a DNA sample, and sit for a deposition. Uh, Realizing that there was no valid basis to appeal that decision in New York courts, uh, on the very day that he would have been required to appeal, Trump instead enlisted the U.S. Department of Justice to replace his private lawyers. In other words, he was supposed to submit a DNA sample that would prove that he raped this woman. 
And instead, he he got the Department of Justice to step in. Man, the, the, the criminal things this guy does is just unending. Uh, the attorney Kaplan went on to say, Trump's effort to wield the power of the U.S. government to evade responsibility for his private misconduct is without precedent and shows even more starkly, there's that word precedent again, precedent, precedent. Uh, anyway, and you, you know how I feel about that. Anyway, uh, um, evade responsibility for his uh, private misconduct is without precedent and shows even more starkly how far he is willing to go to prevent the truth from coming out. <clears throat> the Justice Department cited the Federal Tort Claims Act in its push to replace Trump's private defense team with government lawyers and move the defamation lawsuit filed last November from state to federal court. Though the law, uh, that law, you know, uh, re, um, gives employees of the federal government immunity from uh, most defamation lawsuits. The New York Times reported that legal experts said it has rarely, if ever, been used before to protect a president, especially for actions taken before he entered office. This was back in '93, right? Something like that. I think it was. I think it was 1993, uh, which would be definitely, you know, 20, almost 20 years before he took office. Uh, 30 years before he took office. Um, by the way, it should be noted that taxpayers would be footing the bill to protect Donald Trump in this in his personal defense. You would be paying to defend him from private uh, matters. This is insane. And I've said how much I hate the word unprecedented. But come on. This really is the case that this is unprecedented. Uh, moving on. <clears throat> While excluding any funding for direct cash payments to Americans uh, struggling with uh, to afford basic necessities like food, shelter, you know, we have a, worse than the pandemic, we have a, um, a, a, a eviction pandemic, I suppose you would call it, that's coming up. Anyway, um, this is because of the uh, COVID-19 pandemic, of course, and resulting in an economic crisis. Um, the purportedly targeted relief legislation put forth by Senate Republicans yesterday calls for a $161 million handout to the coal industry. Uh, a proposal that Senator uh, Bernie Sand Sanders condemned as pathetic. Sanders pointed to provisions buried in the 285-page GOP bill titled Delivering Immediate Relief to American Families, Schools, and Small Business Act, directing the Department of Energy to carry out a program under which the Secretary shall develop advanced separation technologies for the extraction and recovery of rare earth elements and minerals from coal and coal byproducts. Now, don't get me wrong. I think this is a good idea to extract uh, um, these metals from, from coal because it pollutes, it pollutes the environment anyway. So it's a good idea to do it. Uh, we, and we need those rare earths. But placing it in the COVID bill is wrong. This is pork at its worst. Worst at its worst. <clears throat> 
Um, uh, protesters took to the streets in Rochester, New York for the seventh night of demonstrations uh, just hours after the city's uh, top cop and his command staff resigned over the suffocation death of uh, Daniel Prude. Uh, demonstrators were seen outside the uh, public safety building, building uh, where the word murderers was painted in the street Tuesday night. Oh, uh, the march began about seven uh, at night and ended just after midnight outside uh, City Hall, where the word resign was painted on the sidewalk. Volunteers also painted a Black Lives Matter mural around, uh, around eight o'clock uh, 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 in the area. Um, demonstrators called for the uh, Rochester Mayor Lovely Warren to resign following the handling of Prude's death. I, I think she's been walking a pretty good line and I think it's the problem with the police chief. Uh, the police chief had stepped down because of his handling of the investigation. His investigation said uh, that Prude died of a drug overdose, but in the investigation made no mention of the officers kneeling on him. Isn't that amazing? But, uh, I mean, I, I, I don't think the mayor was aware of that, so I don't think it's really her fault. I don't, I don't know if she should be asked to resign, but that's probably what's going to happen. I mean, the buck stops where? Anyway, a far white, uh, right Norwegian lawmaker uh, said Wednesday that he has nominated, ready for this, Donald Trump for the Nobel Peace Prize for his efforts in the Middle East. Uh, a guy, a guy's name is Christian Tybring Gede. Uh, and he's a member of the Norwegian parliament uh, for a far right uh, party. Um, he said that Trump should be considered because the work for peace agreement between the United Arab Emirates and Israel, which opens up uh, possible peace in the Middle East. Uh, Tybring Gijedi, <laughs> sorry, I butchered it, I'm sure. Uh, he told the Associated Press, no matter how Trump acts at home and what he says at press conferences, he has absolutely a chance of getting a Nobel Peace Prize. It should be mentioned, you know, the same guy was one of two uh, Norwegian law, lawmakers who nominated Trump for the Nobel Peace Prize in 2018 for his effort, efforts uh, between North and South Korea, which went nowhere and actually made things a little worse, I think. But uh, the fact that Kim Jong-un is probably, I don't know what's going on with him because I think his sister is, is taking over. Um uh, that's the only reason it hasn't gotten worse than it was going to get, because uh, health issues. And he's a, a bit morbidly obese anyway, so I don't know what's going on. His, his sister looks like she could live another 90 years, but uh, anyway. Uh, oh, this is good. After last week calling on North Carolina voters to potentially break the law by trying to vote twice. Remember, he, Trump asked them to do it? Uh, uh, he asked them to mail in their vote and then go to the polls and, and vote again. Uh, uh, and by the way, he he, um, he claimed that uh, mail-in voting would be uh, plagued with massive fraud, even though he he votes by mail. Trump votes by mail. Uh, Trump went a, a step further on Tuesday evening saying, got to be careful with those ballots. Watch those ballots. I don't like it. You know, you have a Democratic governor. You have all these Democrats watching that stuff. I don't like it. Watch it. Be poll watchers when you get there. 
Watch all the thieving and stealing and robbing they do because this is important. We win, North Carolina. We win. That was another word salad speech. I. Uh, the, the problem is he's thinking. He's thinking ahead on what each thing he's trying to think ahead on what each each thing will mean for his campaign. Each thing that he says, and that's why it just sounds like word salad. Uh, North Carolina on Friday began uh, sending hundreds of thousands of mail-in ballots to voters because they have a Democratic governor. Um, Trump's comments raised the specter of chaos and voter intimidation at the polls uh, in the event that uh, his supporters take his advice uh, uh, to mass at at polling stations. I mean, there's going to be some fights at polling stations. If 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 we get a bunch of Trump supporters, like like what goes on with those uh, those whatever whatever those boys are in in uh, Oregon that have been shooting people in the back with paint uh, paint guns and macing people, uh, you, can you imagine that happening uh, at at polling places and voter intimidation? I hope there's going to be mass arrests of old uh, or, or young white people who would then not be able to vote ever again for voter intimidation. We really need to bring back the Voters' Rights Act because Donald Trump is causing some problems. Anyway. Uh, they are being uh, they are part of a prolonged effort by uh, the president to shatter the legitimacy of elections. Uh, apparently either to excuse a possible loss or to prepare the groundwork for a legal fight in the event uh, of a close result. And uh, this is what he's doing. He's hedging everything. Anyway. Uh, The United States yesterday will move to block imports of cotton and tomato products from western China's Xinjiang region due to allegations that they are produced with forced labor. Um, that's what uh, officials with U.S. Uh, Customs and Border Protection uh, told uh, Reuters. Um, but look how well it's it, it's it's worded. They're they're blocking things from Western China. So how are they going to uh, prove that something from Eastern China didn't come from Western China or from Southern China or? Uh, uh, pushed over the border in into uh, I don't know North Korea is North Korea borders I, anyway how are they gonna how are they gonna uh, police this they're not gonna be able to police this um, the withhold release orders allow Customs and Border Protection to detain shipments based on suspicion of forced labor involved uh, involvement under long-standing U.S. Uh, laws aimed at combating uh, human trafficking. Uh, child labor, and other human rights abuses. Uh, The Trump administration is uh, ratcheting up uh, pressure on China uh, for its treatment of um, the Uyghur uh, Muslims. You know, I've talked about the Uyghur uh, Muslims many times before in in Xinjiang, which borders Afghanistan. Um, uh, The United uh, Nations has said it has credible reports that one million Muslims have been detained in camps in the region where they are put to work. And these are like re, re-education count, camps as well. Um, anyway. Uh, um, but I also talked about this. If you remember last month, I, I, I talked about this in, 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 in news uh, last month. Trump praised the president, uh, Xi Jinping, over his oppression of the Uyghur people. 
He was praising him just a month ago. He said it's good what he's doing. This is when the sociopath Trump gets in a fight with the campaigning Trump. Uh, Europe's largest migrant camp, uh, which is called uh, Moria, uh, has been completely destroyed after massive fires broke out early Wednesday at the overcrowded site on uh, Greece's uh, island of Lesbos. Um, Firefighters are trying to contain the fire at a refugee camp home to an estimated 13,000 people, which is, uh, the the camp is only supposed to take 2,200 people. So it's pretty packed in there. More than 4,000 children, including uh, 407 unaccompanied uh, minors, live in the camp, uh, according to the United Nations Refugee Agency. Uh, There are no reports of injuries so far, which is surprising. I mean, that's awesome. Uh, It's not awesome that they're in these camps. Uh, And authorities have said they they are assessing the scope of the damage. Uh, George um, Mutafis, he's a photographer that's on the ground there, uh, told Greek TV uh, channel Mega that the camp has been completely destroyed, which this is going to cause uh, a lot of problems with these people. They have no place for shelter. Uh, no place to cook, no place for this, no place for that. It's going to be really bad. Uh, people are going to die, and there's going to be a lot of disease. Oh, God. I can't imagine how horrible it is already. I mean, 13,000 people at a camp that takes 2,200? Uh, I've been talking about the El Dorado fire, speaking of fires, uh, in the last couple of days, but the Bobcat fire is a problem itself uh, for Los Angeles, uh, Los Angeles County, anyway. Uh, it's burned uh, nearly 11,000 acres, and it's um, a difficult one in the San Gabriel Mountains. Uh, the, the San Gabriel Mountains are the mountains that are just west, I'm sorry, just east of Los Angeles. They're, they're like the, the big, big old wall between Los Angeles and the desert. Um, anyway, uh, 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 areas haven't been burned since 1957 where it's burning right now. That's 63 years ago, the last time they had a fire there. So you can imagine there's a lot of stuff to burn. Uh, steep terrain in those San Gabriels has made it difficult to fight. And the uh, Santa Ana winds kicked up yesterday. Uh, 30 mile an hour winds, which makes it much worse, of course, these, these flames uh, just, just traveling so fast. Um, in a short time, the fire was growing a thousand acres every 30 minutes. That's what the Santa Ana winds do. A thousand acres every 30 minutes. Uh, there are evacuation warnings or orders for Altadena, Monrovia, Pasadena, Sierra Madre, Arcadia, Azusa, Bradbury, and Duarte Mesa. Uh, well, uh, in, in part or in whole, but all those communities, which really, are, it's a... Um, in today's traffic, in today's what I call COVID traffic, which is much lighter than regular traffic, it's really only about a 20-minute drive to where it is. So, I mean, a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, uh, property would have to burn before it got anywhere close to, uh, to me here in Los Angeles. Uh, one of the most promising coronavirus vaccines has suddenly stumbled. <laughs> uh, do, 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 uh, delivering a reality check. Uh, uh, about the odds of uh, development and uh, safety risks involved. 
Uh, AstraZeneca paused tests of its experimental shot after one patient became ill. Uh, and uh, this is routine for, for tests in, in the pharmaceutical industry. Uh, and, and it could be a warning of something uh, worrisome uh, or entirely un unrelated to the vaccine. Um, so we, we don't know what it is yet. They have, they'll have to investigate. Um, this uh, setback comes, uh, and it's a reminder that vaccines can still fail, or worse, they can sometimes uh, deliver more harm than good. So we really need to find out what's going on. Uh, this shows that politicians and governments are promising that a COVID vaccine was just around the corner is really a dangerous promise because you can't be rushing these trials, you know. And Donald Trump, this is directed at you, if you're listening. <laughs> um, Los Angeles County has done something we never thought would happen. Well, I was actually thinking about it in the spring, uh, what would happen, because I, I knew what happened with the flu van pandemic lasting for three years. Um, they banned trick-or-treating because of coronavirus. I wonder if there's going to be some sort of uh, online trick-or-treating. I, I bet there's going to be where where uh, uh, somebody gets with candy companies and promises uh, and the candy companies mail candy. That would be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, Iowa City schools will have to continue to follow Governor Kim Reynolds' mandate that at least 50% of classes be held in person this fall after Johnson, a Johnson County judge ruled Tuesday against the district's request for an emergency injunction against the governor. So in a lawsuit, this is really weird how this is going. In a lawsuit filed last month, the Iowa City Community School District and Iowa State Education Association asked the courts to block in-person learning guidelines set up by the state. Uh, but J Johnson County District uh, Court Judge Mary uh, Cicchelli ruled yesterday that it's within the state's authority to mandate when in-person learning takes place and therefore denied the teachers union and school districts request for an emergency injunction to block the gu guidelines that are already in place. If you remember, this is the exact opposite decision of what happened in Florida when a judge in, in Miami-Dade uh, school district, uh, for the Miami-Dade school district, uh, said that they didn't need to follow what the state said. So this is why we need national leadership on this. This is a problem, you know? And, and by the way, um, the school district over there in Iowa, they've said, you know what? I don't care what the judge says. We ain't doing it. So we'll see what happens next. Uh, I, I have a feeling the uh, the head of the school district might get fired over this. Uh, I, I hope not. I mean, I think he's doing the right thing. Um, <clears throat> he, 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 they measured. They said, we don't have the room to bring in 50% because of uh, uh, social distancing requirements. So it, it, it's just going to be a quagmire if they try and do it. The Academy of Motion, uh, Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, the Oscars, announced yesterday a new set of requirements for films to be uh, uh, to be awards eligible in an effort to increase representation and inclusion in Hollywood. There are only three uh, uh, people of color, African-American or, or black, uh, on uh, the board of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. Three out of, how many is it, 61? 
Uh, Whoopi Goldberg is one. There's two others. I can't remember. Anyway, actress, uh, excuse me, the very white actress, Christy Alley, Kirstie Alley, Kirstie Alley, is not the least bit thrilled. <laughs> uh, uh, you know Kirstie Alley for her very, very, very white movies that she's always done. Um, ahead of the fifth anniversary, uh, anniversary of the Oscar so white controversy, the Academy said it is um, uh, limiting Best Picture Award nominees, beginning with the 2024's uh, slate of entries. Uh, and that makes sense because um, it takes a while for these films to get from, from the drawing board to be made. So it makes sense to wait that long. Uh, uh, anyway... Uh, ensuring more people of color fill positions on film set from the uh, starring role to interns and everything in between. Uh, and that was according to a, a press release uh, online. Uh, racist Scientologist Kirstie Alley quickly took to p uh, Twitter to air her frustrations with the new standards, writing, This is a disgrace to artists everywhere. She continued, Can you imagine telling Picasso? what had to be, uh, that what had to be in his painting, in his, uh, she said, fucking paintings. Uh, you people have lost your minds. Control artists, control individual thought. Oscar Orwell. <laughs> I, I, I have to point out, I don't know why Christy Alley, Kirstie Alley, Christy, Kirstie Alley. I don't know why uh, Christy Alley, what is it? I don't know why she has to worry about Oscars. She, I, I mean, I use the term actress very loosely. I mean, she pretty much sucks. She hasn't done anything decent since since Cheers. And even in Cheers, she wasn't that good, you know. Um, more Hollywood news. This is kind of cool. A Star Trek Discovery Season 3 trailer has dropped. Uh, uh, of course, Discover, uh, Discovery's first two seasons were... Um, like 10, they were set 10 years before the original Star Trek. Uh, but season three, the crew of the Discovery are traveling 930 years into the future or to around 3188 uh, into the, uh, um, yeah. And in the future, the uh, Federation has mostly collapsed after an event ominously called uh, uh, or referred to the burn. Um the uh, season will follow the crew as they attempt to restore the galactic organization, the, the uh, you know, the Federation. They're trying to re restore it. Gee, I wonder where they got that idea. And uh, there are some people who know me. And uh, they would say, you know what? I read a Voyager script called Posterity that was submitted to Paramount back in, during Voyager's time, I think it was. Uh, in its third Voyager's third year, it was submitted back then, and they read it um, with the exact storyline. But that script was never purchased. It was a good idea, though, so I can see why they would want to uh, use it. Uh, for those of you who have read that script, <laughs> you're my witness. Uh, speaking of Star Trek. And finally, this really isn't speaking of Star Trek. Well, we're going to say speaking of Star, Star Trek just for the, uh, the fun of it. Uh, the Kardashians have announced the, that finally, next season will be their final season. Thank God. 
<laughs> and honestly, I'm shocked that they lasted this long. Uh, it's obvious that the family had to pay uh, uh, to keep it going for the last few years so they can get promote their businesses and stuff like that. Um, I guess they're, run, they're running out of things to promote. so they're. Not, I, I think they had less than 500,000 viewers, which is not enough to support the show running. I mean, it's not enough income. It really isn't. Uh, I, I maybe look for a spinoff uh, by the richest among them. Uh, what's her name? Um, is it not Chloe? Which which one is the, the the model who shouldn't be a model who who is now a billionaire or something? I don't know. Uh, she might be able to afford to have a spinoff. And that's it for Wednesday, September 9th, twenty twenty. Did I get that right? Did I get the date right this time? Let's see if I got the date right. Uh, Wednesday. Um, oh, I did it in under 30 minutes. That's nice. Yeah, Wednesday, September 9th, uh, 2020. Uh, thank you for listening. I really appreciate you. And, and please, tell somebody else, come back again tomorrow. This is Peter Lawrence reporting from Los Angeles. <laughs>